it turns out that TikTok actually also did different things. For example, spying on journalists in the United States. NASA right now teaches an AI on how to navigate on the moon. Technically, you can use the smartphone app to order small items online and they will then be delivered right to your doorstep by a drone. And welcome to episode 44 of the Tech Review, where we bring you all the latest and greatest or sometimes not so great news about the tech world. Join us as we dive into the deepest depths of innovation, social media and the ever-evolving world of technology. So sit back, relax and listen to our favorite articles of the week. Let's geek out and have some fun. On camera 3 today we have Vincent, on camera 2 we have Henrike, and on camera 1, hi, this is me, I am Tarek. Tech Review is a collaboration of Ideas Engineering, Free Tech Academy and Update.com. You can find all episodes on YouTube to watch or listen to us on all major podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcast while you work out, drive or maybe even travel through space. So... What happened last week? Let's start with Vincent. No, my random genera generator says Vincent, right? But somehow uh, the link is not shown. We had the issue yesterday. Yeah, I don't right, know. right. So um, I, I did not fix it. <laughs> no, but yeah. there, there's, okay, what, wait, we have one article. The other article you sent uh, in the chat, right? So here we have... Yesterday no, 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 no. or last year? Oh, last yes. year, sorry. <laughs> Like, like way back last year one? in 2022, I, I barely remember what happened back then. <laughs> totally new year. <laughs> um, so, so, Vincent, yes, hit me. Um, I brought an article from long ago, uh, the year 2022. And um, this article is very interesting because it is something that specifically we at Axel Springer, but generally the Western world has feared for quite long. Um, and it is um, TikTok and its connection to China. China, China, China? No, oh, not wait, coming. Wait. Okay, China, sorry. China, China. China. <laughs> I think every one of us needs like one of these buzzers to just trigger these. Things. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. that would be quite great. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's connection to China. Um, we were always, a lot of people always uh, were scared for TikTok and its false, ever-growing database uh, information about all of us. And now, um, specifically in the past time, since Donald Trump brought it up once that TikTok is a danger uh, when we're looking on data privacy, Oracle, uh, TikTok, the US government were in a very frequent exchange about how to and how to enforce uh, the privacy uh, regulations on TikTok. Now it turns out that TikTok actually also did different things. For example, spying on journalists in the United States, and that with a task force based in China. And this is definitely a breach of whatever regulation we were talking about before. It is proving right exactly the danger that we saw in this. And um, the worst of it is that the journalists they were spying on were journalists who uh, were known to be potentially writing about ByteDance, the, daughter, the mother company of TikTok. Now we see that this, I mean, today, who read the news today, uh, saw that uh, TikTok is now forbidden on all US government devices. And um, yeah, the discussion of 
TikTok being discontinued in the United States is actually growing day by day. I don't know what my opinion on this is. I I think this definitely is an extremely dangerous breach. In my opinion, much more dangerous than the Facebook leaks and um, uh, data sellout that we saw during the 2016 elections. And yeah, I actually personally, I think I would be very much in favor of TikTok being either discontinued or sold off to a democratic state. Yeah, I'm wondering because we were at this point like a year ago or maybe more than a year ago when um, it was first discussed that TikTok should be banned. And under President Trump, I think they had these deals and Oracle will buy parts of it and uh, TikTok will, will get this. What was it? Uh, like the majority of the board members will be US based and everything. And somehow nobody was then talking about anymore. And now we are back back there. I think it was too expensive and um, ByteDance was very, uh, ByteDance was able to provide a lot of data privacy um, steps uh, they wanted to take, uh, which is why there's this task force of Oracle, uh, TikTok and the US government. Uh, when you th think back to, I think the year 2021, the idea was that Oracle buys TikTok, either Oracle or Microsoft. Mm. And in the end, Microsoft decided against it. I don't know what Microsoft and Oracle's connection is. Are they connected? Is Microsoft owning Oracle? I don't know. I don't think so, but... <laughs> I'm, not I'm, I'm not sure. Anyways, yeah. just saying that this was the idea, but it was too expensive, especially thinking that TikTok is not a revenue driver currently, or it was back then. I'm not sure about the situation right now. I know that their ad revenues are spiking day by day. Anyways, yeah. You're absolutely right. This is exactly what we discovered, uh, what we discussed one year ago, with the one difference that TikTok broke its promise. Yeah, right, uh, right. Very heavily. That's pretty bad, especially because even though everybody still loves TikTok, um, the the um, the competition that we get from YouTube, for example, is growing because YouTube is investing heavily on their shorts format. So if YouTube is actually able to compete with TikTok in a serious way and people start shifting to, to YouTube in, let's say, the Western world, it might happen that people will be okay with avoiding TikTok. Yeah? So th th now it becomes way more dangerous for TikTok than we were a year ago when there was no serious competition to TikTok. Yeah, very, yeah, very absolutely. Uh, interesting. What do you think? Uh, would you, Henrike, would you be in favor of uh, TikTok being sold off? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I do not have that close of an um, emotionally connection to TikTok. And just as Tarek said, I mean, the competition is getting better. And this whole, it's becoming more and more fragile for social media platforms to, you know, have their standing that can be like within a minute and with, you know, mistakes like that it's or you know where, where people then start to have even more trust issues than before it's uh, it's a risky game and if um at one point youtube shorts or whatever new platform comes around um you know had, does a better job there then you know i'm off of tiktok no hard feelings like <laughs> i'm there it's just like spying myself anyway like i'm not posting anything i'm just watching um your videos <laughs> i'm there as a fangirl but um yeah it's um yeah it is a, it's a really dangerous situation for for them like doing that in general I, i'm also kind of 
surprised or not surprised i don't know but right now so many headlines popping up where platforms are working against journalists and this is i mean not just for us working in the media industry but in general that is a risky risky game because then people are kind of targeting free speech and um you know these kind of investigations uh, themselves and that makes it even worse for them right so yeah 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 and the the major drawback for tiktok was always that everybody was loving it and the thing is right now i would still be very hurt by uh, removing tiktok from my portfolio because there's so much traffic and so much power from this algorithm and basically you have to be on tiktok because everybody is on tiktok but if there comes this case where, let's say in the US and in Germany or Europe in general, TikTok becomes banned. This means that everybody from these countries will leave TikTok at once. And this means that everybody is going to jump onto YouTube as the alternative. So from one day to the other... Uh, but do you think they will jump on YouTube, don't you? Where I, I see them to reels. Really? The Reels algorithm is much more profound than the YouTube algorithm. I would love to believe that, but from what I observe right now is that um, I I don't get any engagement on TikTok. I mean, uh, so, sorry, on, on Instagram. M maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe it's just my channel or my content. But when, when I uh, experiment, then I, I always see things happening on YouTube and on TikTok. But for some reason... Instagram is, is dead. This is just what I see. I mean, it, maybe you're right. Maybe people um, prefer Instagram over YouTube. It might be. But what I see right now is that YouTube is climbing the ladder and trying to, to reach TikTok while I do not see really anything coming from, from the corner of Instagram. But this is just my, my personal observation. No, no, no. I mean, you might be right, right? Um, also, just when imagine just one... Uh, well, in Europe it would be a continent, in the, in the United States it would be a country banning this, then we would lose a lot of content. I mean, when I don't know about your For You pages, but my For You page is very US focused. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of English. I don't see a lot of German there, honestly. Um, I do see a lot of British content as well. Uh, anyways, what I'm thinking is um, this would really hurt the platform um, because I think it could also... Mm, even if only one part of the Western world is, is canceling TikTok, I can still see that um, this might bring them to a downfall just due to the massive amount of content that we won't see on that app anymore. It could also be a big upside. I mean, uplift for European creators. That's the other hand. But then again, this geolocation targeting whatever thing is still already working. So I yeah. think, yeah. And... Another thought is, um, what would that do to Doujin as the isn't as the to as the Chinese? I mean, they are more ahead, and they don't see European and Western content, just like we don't see Chinese content. But I would wonder if that would hurt the develop further development of this app as well. But I yeah I don't I don't see that. Anyways, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, just one. Not yeah. related to this article, but just the other day I saw that now you can also enable or disable that people see who was on your profile or like yeah. you see others on your profile. Is that just, am I late to the party or is that really new? 
I think it was rolled out a couple of months ago, and maybe it is uh, shown um, like uh, different users at, at a different time. It was something like a <laughs> silent rollout. At some point of time, it was just presenting itself to the users, like, do you want to make this visible? Yeah, yeah. yeah just like clear mode. What is clear mode? Clear mode. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You, can, you can turn off for a video, you can turn off the side bezel. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, yes, yes. I, I saw a TikTok explaining to me how to use TikTok. That's true. <laughs> was very interesting. I, I send it to you, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, at that point of time, I, I saw uh, another TikTok explaining that. But it is so weird. It's, it's so meta to have like content on the platform explaining to you how to use the platform. It is, it's, it's, yeah. it's, nice. it's a nice way because if it's interesting, then it will spread. Uh, automatically but usually you would un think that the the platform is self-explaining but how do you uh how do you handle new features you do not want to have like a extensive documentation and make users read through the new features and the release notes every month or something yeah so so uh, pushing this kind of news as viral content it's it's nice it's clever <laughs> okay yeah tiktok very nice but and now this Let's jump to the next topic, which is oh, Enrique, but the other one. Yay! <laughs> Isn't that, yeah. <laughs> Enrique Not brought AI art, what? <laughs> <laughs> but now again, I bring something AI related um, from T3N. We always forget to mention right. where our articles are from. Yeah, but also space related. Because I was struggling which article I should bring because there's also a spaceport opening in 2023 in Sweden. And I thought yeah, we could talk about that. But now, now I decided on that one. Not such a controversial topic, but just interesting to know um, that NASA right now teaches an AI on how to uh, navigate on the moon. And because um, that's obviously one challenge we have to face once we're back on the moon with Artemis um, last year. Tarek told <laughs> us about Artemis and, um, you know, that we want to, humankind wants to go back to the moon and we want to build a lunar gateway to go even further, uh, to, to go even deeper in space. Um <laughs> Yeah, and now, obviously, once we're on the moon and we're building a lunar gateway and everything, we have to kind of be able to navigate around. So um, they're testing different um, navigation aids for the astronauts, and one being an AI-based system that is using map data from the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, um, who is actually already orbiting the moon for 13 years now. And measures the surface and creates or records sort of topography of the moon. And additionally, um, it also trains the program with features from um, or like with features that would appear at the horizon and kind of creates digital panoramas of the moon. And those are then matched with the actual footage from the rover. And the goal is to achieve an accuracy of nine meters um, once they're done. And um, yeah, I just found it very interesting. And I kind of first I wondered whether or not, like since we talk a lot about space and a lot about AI, if that is now the first AI use case that we kind of discuss. But it it cannot be because there has always also been this. Um, the Simon robot on the ISS, um, which is an AI robot, but nevertheless, it, it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> so I thought I'd bring it here and uh, let you know because, yeah, that's yeah. the news. 
I mean, I mean, in terms of AI, there's always uh, artificial intelligence and tools some somewhere within, right? Um, the, the I think the big change will be when we give AI access to the steering wheel. Yeah, if we have really like an AI controlled uh, spaceship or a moon rover. Um, which is completely acting autonomous, then this is the big news. I'm, I'm pretty sure that everywhere... But that would be next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think to to um, we can't say it's the first time that uh, NASA is utilizing AI. I, I'm sure they have a ton of tools using AI technology for, for whatever they are doing behind the curtains. Totally, yeah. That's why say, I also thought it, it cannot be. Right, and right. also coming up with examples myself, but um, now it's it's kind of a headline that they specifically train one for yeah. navigation purposes. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to say I'm uh, I'm surprised that this is like one of the first big use cases because when when I think of somewhere where AI is used already in practice, I would say, in those very niche specific cases in space exploration, for example. But Tarek, um, uh, coming back to what you said about the steering wheel, um, I potentially also see that it will be exciting when we give AI the access to the steering wheel of AI. So I think that especially when it comes to those very specific one case solutions, like how to drive a rover, on Mars or on the moon or stuff like that. And then we let AI create AI to handle those kind of problems. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, I think that is the moment where we're going to see a spike of or a, a, a massive growth in AI use because obviously AI then has only one tool, which is AI. And then we are going to see many more tools that probably we will also be able to see because right now, I mean, everything's implemented by us. And therefore, we need to identify a problem in order to do that. And I think AI can identify problems much faster and come up with a solution as long as it is solved by, solved by AI, obviously, yeah. much quicker than we potentially could. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, since we are planning to establish this base on the moon, which is a great thing, but it won't be a permanent base for quite some time, there will be the... the the base, of course, the habitat, and we will have missions and place astronauts there. But at least in the beginning, they will not be permanently there. But I am sure that the space agencies are going to want to do research and exploration and everything. So I believe they are going to place a lot of robots there, which will work more or less autonomously. And on, on the moon, it will be kind of easy because it's in reach of earth we would be able to steer it like we did with the rovers with remote controls but latest when we go to mars before we establish this permanent base there we we are going to have to have robots navigating on on the surface of the planet maybe even maintaining the structures and everything and so maybe they are going to work autonomously without uh, humans in the loop until we actually have a continuous presence there in, in the space. So for AI, this will be a very, very interesting time. And now, this. Let's jump to me. And today I bring something that usually comes from Chris. <laughs> and I have an article from digitaltrends.com about Amazon and their drone program. And to be honest, I am always very skeptical about this because I 
actually can't imagine getting my packages delivered by drones. And the use case usually says, oh, if, if uh, you are living in a very densely populated area, which means that the last mile of delivery is very complicated, the drone will just uh, be faster. But this is exactly where I always think it would be very hard to get permissions for having tons of drones flying around and delivering these packages. But Amazon is starting a new trial in California and, and uh, Texas. Yeah, and this is very exciting news for ev all, all the Amazon fans who are waiting for years, so technically also uh, for me, uh, because they just announced that, it's, that they are expanding their drone delivery trials to these two new locations in California and Texas. And if you are not familiar with this drone delivery service, they are already working on this since 2013. And... I have the feeling we are talking about this since 2013. <laughs> uh, but they are working really hard to make this, this autonomous aircraft safe and reliable uh, so that they actually get the permission to use this. And their latest aircraft design is set to launch in 2024. So we are approaching this date. And it boosts durability and the range beyond the current nine miles that they are already able to deliver in. And if you, <laughs> to all of our listeners in the US, if you are in one of these pilot program areas, then technically you can use the smartphone app to order small items online and they will then be delivered right to your doorstep by a drone very soon. <laughs> and when the drone arrives, it will lower the, the, this ordered product to the ground using an extendable tether And these drones have the potential to speed up this last mile delivery service. This is the idea, yeah? especially in urban areas where road traffic can be a pain. And in, in theory, they are also more environmentally friendly because you do not have these trucks driving there. But uh, these drones, they uh, also have their challenges because um, they, they need to handle rough weather, of course. Yeah? If, it's, if it's rainy and stormy, um, drones won't be able to navigate. And they are noisy. Yeah, I'm not sure if, if you heard a drone. <laughs> if they fly very close, they sound like a small helicopter. And this is fun if you're playing around with one drone. But if you imagine there are 10 drones delivering stuff all around you, then it's really, really loud buzzing. And so I think uh, I read that this is one of the big challenges that they are still working on to make them more quietly so that uh, it's, it's not a pain for everyone um, around. And David Carbon, who's the vice president of Prime Air Amazon, which sounds amazing. It sounds like a, a, a like a, a airplane company. And he said in a in a statement that customers are our obsession. Like a quote. That's it's a quote. Customers are our obsession. Safety is our imperative. The future of delivery is our mandate, and technology is unlocking that future. And our people are the foundation that it all sits on. Yeah. So this is uh, what he says, and it sounds very enthusiastic regarding this. And I'm really looking forward to see if this is going to be a thing. I, I always expect these news to be uh, Amazon scrapped their drone program because it's unrealistic or it's not feasible or it costs too much. It's, it's, it's not uh, giving the return of value of, or the return of investment that they are investing in. But since 2013, they are working on this and they keep working on it. 
So, what do you think? Is, is it something that you expect actually to, to be happening in also Europe? I expect that to be happening for sure. Honestly, I think that we will see this quite a lot, but I think we won't see it here in Germany or in um, other European cities because densely populated is it means two different things in the United States and here, right? Densely populated in the United States and also the system of lowering something with a drone down to the bottom that obviously it works great in a country, in a state where packages are usually delivered to your doorstep and then just left there. We know that from the US, it's very normal. And um, where everybody has something like a front yard where not a lot of people have access to slash not a lot of people go to access is a different discussion. And where pump, uh, densely populated means that you are accessible by a street. Think of Berlin where we all are based. Uh, this is not the case here. So I think that we won't see that in Europe. I see that, I mean, when we look at um, corporations like Volkswagen, for example, or other big uh, car corporations, the last mile is something that they envision more with a uh, automized, small electrified truck that does, um, without a driver, does the last mile delivery and just go to the truck at a certain point and pick up your package. But um, that's another discussion. What I'm just saying is I think that we will see that for sure. I can't envision any other future because drones are making our lives so much easier. And I mean, thinking of it, also drones are much easier to, it's much easier for a drone to arrive at the right place than for a car or a small truck because there are much fewer obstacles in its way, especially when it's not landing, but just lowering the stuff to the ground and then the packages are packed so that they can also ha handle a small impact. Um, but I don't think we're going to see it in Europe. One more comment and then I'm done. I'm sorry for this very <laughs> long comment. Um, California, Texas uh, jumped to my mind because I think the last try was in Arizona the last time we spoke about this. Anyways, uh, all of the states that were tested in is Very, uh, all of them are very sunny states. Um, this is not a use case for Europe, not at all, <laughs> especially not for German weather. No, it's a, it's just the case. Look at Scandinavia. I mean, look at the digitalized markets in Europe, the very high revenue stream markets of Amazon. They, all of them are not uh, eligible, I think. All of them, the weather there, the, the learnings they have there, they don't apply to those markets in Europe. So I think they either will have to accept that they just can deliver to places that are might that might not be the highest in revenue when it comes to Amazon, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Southern Italy, um, or they will just keep this to the United States. But there I see it in the next 12 months. Yeah, yeah. One thing that... I, um, yeah. Go so ahead. <laughs> No, I, it just reminded me of another article I read recently, um, also about drones, not from Amazon, but about a trial they had delivering, I think, a liver or something for transplantation. Um, so this kind of use case, I also totally see, like, it totally makes sense. And I, I see happening also in, in Europe and, uh, and Germany. But I'm with Vincent on um, with regards to parcels and stuff. But um, yeah, I think they already made that a year ago, but it was just recently um, they published a paper about this um, experiment, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the drone industry is where we should get into. Honestly, when I'm now, the longer we talk about this, the more I think uh, we should create 
we should produce drones or do something with drones because I think looking at this, I think we, we this is the few days where the money is. This is this is the new this is the redesign of the of the carton. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm always skeptical about these small personal drones that deliver one package to your doorstep because I think this is very inconvenient um, or a high effort for a very small package. I am always expecting like larger cargo drones because what I observed is we, we have these letter boxes on the apartment buildings and the, the letter the, the person delivering the letters is just throwing them in there. And I saw at modern apartment buildings that they have a package drop-off. They have a huge box where the, the package delivery person just drops all the packages in and people can go out and get them. And the package delivery person does not have to go from door to door like the, the letters. And I could imagine that in densely populated areas where you have large office buildings, for example, they might have a packed drop-off on the roof, right? So the, the bottleneck is the street and um, all the traffic on the ground floor and having this truck stop there and bring all the packages in there. Wouldn't it be convenient to have a package drop-off on, 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 the, on the ceiling and just have like this big delivery drone drop-off 50 packages for this one building in one go and then it will be sorted within the building. I think this would be a, a great use case for densely populated areas, not the small drone package drop off to the doorstep. Yeah, Tarek, but this is exactly what I think. I don't think we will see that in densely populated areas, Europe style. Because yeah. exactly that is the point. Why would a drone come to my flat on the fifth floor <laughs> in the back house um, to drop off the USB-C to lightning adapter that I ordered for 219 or something? And it is absolutely unrealistic. I think that trucks and autonomous driving is much more realistic in that case. Also, when you look at legislation, uh, obviously a cargo drone um, in this of the size of a military drone dropping off, I don't know, a ballistic missile. Um, <laughs> it, I don't think this is very realistic in a also, but then again, densely populated area with streets as small as maybe one or two cars apart. So um, I think this is super realistic for the United States where densely populated means a lot of single or double houses next to each other, not in cities. Also in the US, I don't see it in cities. I don't think that Chicago will be a big market for those drones just because it's it, it's just very unlikely. But, but it also might be, and now I'm thinking like way outside the box, that this market itself will disappear because what we see right now is that Uh, property prices and rental prices are skyrocketing in these densely populated areas. And at the same time, after COVID, this remote work culture sets in. So it becomes less and less attractive to actually move into these extremely expensive, highly populated areas. So it might be that in the next 10 or 20 years, people will actually leave the cities and get uh, a, a nice house somewhere where they can still afford it. And this this pressure of creating drone deliveries into the cent city centers will not be there because the cities will become less and less crowded. Yeah, it, it might be. This is just speculation. I have no idea. But I think this remote work culture is something that is happening right now. 
one more reason to get into the remote uh, into the drone business yeah just one more reason <laughs> and can we please add a hashtag for this episode densely populated area <laughs> I think nice we, we said it so many times um it deserves it <laughs> I, i will i will see that i put it somewhere in the title <laughs> yeah but uh since we are now in 2023 it's Not far away anymore to see the drone delivery in uh, actual use, which is going to be next year, 2024, obviously. Yeah, so let's keep an eye on that. And that's already it for our first episode of 2023. Thank you very much for all of your great contributions. And I'm looking forward to a great new year uh, with great tech news and the tech podcast. Thanks for tuning in. See you and hear you next time. Bye. Bye. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Tech Review. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you. And if it was, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next Tech Review.